Welcome to the Holy Arrows podcast. I'm your host, Phoenix Amara, author of Ascension of Gaia, founder of the Temple Arts Alchemy Mystery School, Muse and Mother. We're here to delve deep into the power of Holy Arrows and all things devotion, intimacy, sacred sexuality, and love, where the transformational medicine of our soul, sex, and art intersects and transforms ourselves and the world. Enjoy today's episode. All right, everybody. I am so excited for today's episode of Holy Eros with Julie Archambault. And Julie is a holistic teacher and passionate storyteller. A relationships, empowerment, and innovation coach, Julie is the founder of Co-Creative Sex, a wellness business committed to powerful lives, powerful relationships, and powerful sex. She has made Vancouver, its coastlines and sunsets, her place of happy dwelling. Welcome to the show, Julie. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So it's really interesting how I came across your work, your book, and your message. And so for those of you listening out there, a few years ago when the pandemic started, I was launched into a trajectory of leaving my home and going on this quest to start an eco farm. And in that journey, I ended up staying with somebody in their Airbnb for like two months as I was looking for a home and, you know, trying to find my footing. And this person gave me a copy of your book to read. And your book, Sex Sex Up Your Life, you know, it was just such a beautiful journey of reading about other people's stories and and you actually include a diversity of stories in your book that are you know empowering sexual experiences um you know some wounded and traumatic experiences and and there's really you really paint a picture of like what a lot of people experience that is negative and also what people can experience which is really beautiful and positive and so i'd love to hear a little bit more around how you decided to write this book and like part of the process of that for you yes so yeah so thank you um you know sex for me it's interesting on one hand I always felt this big sensuality and you know sort of just connection to my feminine essence and and Also, on the other flip side, knowing that I've had my own sort of experiences where I felt that sex also was something that I had to protect myself against or um, that I felt that was, even in my environment, the stories that I was hearing react a lot against the sexual conversations or things that I was hearing. And I felt that in general, that there was so much unspoken about sexuality. And it was usually in such a reduced way, like either just about sexual diseases or about big flamboyant stories in the news or how to get your big orgasm or whatever in the grocery stores. But it felt like there was missing this whole deeper understanding of how um, powerful this force plays out in our lives and how sacred it is at the same time. And it just felt that I know I was working through even discovering my own energies around sexuality and some deep feeling blockages around it, intuitions that probably there was even things down my family line that needed some Mm -hmm. illumination. Mm -hmm. And I started doing, I think it was like one day I was really um, searching, like I was like, there's, there's something that I really need to figure out. And I connected to uh, someone that was working in the Akashic Records. And it was so funny. It was like kind of like this message that came straight down. It was like, you know, you need to find it. It was like at the time I was not at all in this sort of personal development environment. And it was like, you need to find a life coach, you know. And then it turned out that like this woman, I found this woman. And then someone, you know, someone else came in the picture through this person and she showed me that she had this sex and sensuality group work. And I was just like, this deep feeling inside me was like, yes, I have to work with this woman. Like there was something so mm-hmm. deep calling inside. Mm-hmm. 
And then I was like, but I don't know if I'm ready for a group work yet. I want to work one-on-one with her because I felt like I really wanted to work with her. And she actually did work in the Akashic Records. And so I was like uncovering and covering so much with her around my personal dynamics, my family dynamics. And I was like, wow, like only myself. I only, I'm the only one who knew this. And like, how did this come out of our session? Like, yeah, yeah. So I was just kept on being so impressed. And one day the woman that was, I was doing Akashic Records with, she sent me this book and it was called Aphrodite's uh, Daughters. Oh. And literally read it from like top bottom to you know top to bottom like really fast and it was all these stories as well about sexual different archetypes that people were dealing with and I don't know if you read that book but not yet I so felt, that show notes. <laughs> yeah I was just like wow like this and then I remember her saying you're such a goddess you know like but I was kind of disconnected from this in my life and I was not in an environment where sexuality was very supported nor talked mm-hmm. about Mm-hmm. And I also coming from a holistic background of education with children as well, I felt we had a very holistic understanding of the human being, but the conversation around sex was zilch almost. It felt like there was not a lot. Yes. And so it was this combination of me wanting to heal my own sexuality with this kind of like real strong intuition that there was much more than we were being told about sex and this kind of bigger piece around like how it's connected to a much bigger picture to our um even to our consciousness and to our deep life forces and all these things so mm-hmm. I kind of these strong intuitions that there was much more that was available to us than we were being told and at the same time I felt there was also a lot of things that weren't being talked about and this is before the whole me too movement sort of exploded and yeah, so in terms of the Me Too movement, it was really before that. So there wasn't a lot of talk about how sexuality, most people have some form of trauma around sexuality, that there were so many boundaries that were have been crossed. I know I grew up with my boundaries being multi, like multiple times in my life being crossed and feeling such conflict and feeling like I couldn't, you know, express myself to have healthy boundaries. Mm. And uh so it just felt like on one hand, it was just became so clear to me that our sexual energy, when it's not respected, it's so deeply, you know, troubling and, and disorganizing and making our life kind of completely, you know, out of sorts, you know, mm-hmm. and you can tell it by people who've been really severely traumatized, like their whole life is out of whack until they take care of it, you know, until they release whatever has not been respected or or just heal whatever has been hurt so it just became clear like wow like when that this sexual energy is not respected it has such a profound impact and then as well as I was interviewing what I knew there was a lot of potential it really also became clear how powerful a healing force sexuality also was and then I was like well, how, what kind of creates this distinction between what actually is fragmenting I called it and then integrating like where do, does the sexuality sexual experience allow us to integrate feel wholer and feel more in, empowered in ourselves and more aligned with ourselves and where does it actually like you know where do we bleed our energy or where do we feel that we're like not being respected and sort of not good boundaries and bad things keep on happening to us and you know not you know not being a whole person because of all these disjointed numbed and different parts so so just to sum it all up really I think the biggest thing was that I knew that somehow in myself there was a part of me that was numbed and and I and I also knew that it was really having a big impact on my life it was hard to have partners because I was either too um pushing it away or the bound or I'd attract people that would completely not respect my mm-hmm. boundaries and so I it was just in this cycle of not being in a fulfilling relationships so I was I was like I really want to get to the bottom of this I want to understand how does this sexual energy work in our life and why do we have to tend to it and take care of it you know so this told this took you on a whole journey to write a book and interview 
a, a multitude of people. So I'm curious to like hear from you, first of all, what kind of transformations came into your life from embarking on this? Like, how did you go through your own transformation? And also, what did you find when you were interviewing like people that have had radically different experiences with sexuality? And did you find that there was maybe some integration that happened for them from interviewing them for this book? Actually, that was something that came very, very often in my interviews with them. And I don't know if it's because I also did a training then with the Akashic Records. So I was just someone that in my presence, like things, the connections would, you know, the dots would connect for people. But I, at the beginning, it wasn't very clear how I was going to go about doing it. So I started interviewing some people very, very deeply. And also, like if I found something really interesting, I would go and do it myself. I would like to say, I, I discovered, let's say, Davy Ward with her Tantra practices. So then I would take her course and learn about it. Or uh, Nathan Marcuse, who does the energy ecstatic experience. I'm like, I would take workshops. And so I would really be very participatory to integrate and discover things in myself. Um, but when I was interviewing, I was asking such deep questions that even the highest level of people that you know, have been doing this work so for so long, it's like some pieces of their biography or some pains that they didn't even know that they were carrying would emerge or they would like have a big aha moment, you know? So even in the interviewing process, there was integration that was happening for them. And as well, I would have ahas for myself mm-hmm. and I, I was growing as well. So it was a very like co-creative kind of, you know, experience where, you know, almost like I started, but then also like the universe would start sending me people. You know? <laughs> I also had to take like acts of courage. Like I remember, I don't know if you remember this part of the book when I was talking about, let's see, Destin Garrett. And at first I was like, oh, like he looks like some sort of heroes God, you know, like he's not going to want to talk to me. And then turned out like he was like someone I interviewed the most, you know, and mm-hmm. he was so happy to share his experience and And he had many like aha processes just by sharing his story. So it was, it was kind of like a, um, you know, I was starting off feeling very small as I went like explored and discovered, like there was this, you know, opening and expansion for myself as well. And and just feeling like, wow, like this is the human experience and we're all in it and we can all share and grow from each other. And this is what I love about your book, Julie, is that you you give us the reader permission to identify with many of the different people you've interviewed, because, you know, I think maybe for the vast majority of people, they think, oh, my God, this thing happened to me, you know, sexual violence or abuse, something's broken inside of me or I'm broken. And what I love is you kind of exalt people that have gone through those experiences, but you also give us permission to relate to people that have had similar experiences as us and that we are not broken and that there is resiliency that can be found and and a breakthrough that can be had. And so I really appreciate how you do actually include, you know, a wide diversity of different experiences and and things that people have been through sexually so that you know, people can see maybe, oh, I relate on this end of the spectrum, but I really want to move to this, right? Exactly. Well, that's what I felt too, was that either people focused too much on everything's wrong about sex and, you know, the terrible things and they're in court about this and this and that, and it's dramatic. And then on the other end, there's like, wow, like sex sells, like let's put sex here, you know? And it's like, actually there is so much of this gray zone in between and how can we understand, how can this reveal and teach us something to have this whole picture put together and putting it together. There was like, even for me, like it was like, I felt I was being guided and and educated in the process. Like, wow. When it came together, I was like, Oh, this part actually fragments us. Oh, this part actually integrates us. Like it, it, it wasn't from the beginning that I knew all this, but it sort of, just like was revealing itself as I was going about it. So 
Yeah. And I think the book too, what I loved about it was it really opened up for me and I'm someone who's been, you know, working these realms for a decade and it still opened up these layers also of compassion for people that have been through like some deeply traumatic experiences and how that can, you know, affect us in our everyday lives and how, you know, just by creating more space for compassion and listening and really releasing the shame that gets attached to uh, trauma, to sexual violence, to assault, right? Because that that shame is kind of a big, it's poison, right? The shame, I think on both ends for people that have been perpetrators of abuse, but then also people that have experienced that. And a lot of it is so ancestral. I mean, we are here to, you know, heal uh, trauma that has been passing through many different cycles of and generations of families of culture, you know, and the time is really ripe in the collective psyche of humanity right now. We see a huge transformation shift from, you know, sexual violent culture to sacred sexuality. And so, you know, yeah. This transition from, you know, being unaware of the impact and there is, you know, maybe the past culture was very entitled and disconnected from themselves. So they, they have this hunger and they don't realize what they're doing to the other person, you know, and the more that we become aware of it, the more we realize, oh, like we have to also honor this very delicate process in another person. Mm-hmm. Like the whole work around consent is so delicate, you know, it's, it's such a process of checking in and even if you're going to be doing wild things, like every single moment, you also have to be ready to stop everything. Whereas like maybe 10 years ago, people just didn't have that understanding. It's like this kind of entitlement, like, well, if I'm starting, like, let me end, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's not just like, am I really connected to you? So um, yeah, it's it's pretty profound to see the shift happening in society. And it's still, of course, the whole spectrum and more is out there in the world still today. So um, there's so much to be learned. And I think oftentimes people don't realize how they are carrying some of the more difficult stuff. Like even on the chapter on sex work, people think, oh, I didn't do sex work. But then they start realizing that, wow, like the stories make them feel like, wow, like they recognize something in themselves in the dynamics of these two sex workers that I was interviewing are sharing Mm -hmm. so every story no matter what it is is going to reflect something back to us because even if it's not always a sexual plane someone at one point might have not respected our free will yeah someone might not have respected our or we might not have respected our capacity of setting boundaries there's maybe something where we didn't realize we were leaking our energy to someone who's just taking advantage of our energy. There's so many subtle things playing out <sighs> and it's to, how do you wake up to it? So, well, and this yeah. is what I love about your book too, because it is, um, it's normalizing and it's helping to normalize the conversations. And it's really when we create space for the conversations that the healing happens because often with sexual abuse in, in many of the different, uh, spectrums of it people numb and then they actually shut down and they want to forget it instead exactly. of like acknowledge it I had a friend um, a couple years ago who just remembered that he had been uh, you know assaulted and you, you know like and that was in his like late teens right but he blocked it out and he really didn't he wasn't ready to reconcile with it you know, you have some stories in your book where, you know, people have gone through abuse and then there's like the forgetting the memory. It's almost too painful to do it. So because we don't know, I think we're starting to realize, oh, there is tools to heal and work with that somatic tools to heal breath work, you know, working with sacred sexuality practitioners, um, you know, or plant medicine journeys or, you know, somatic work, whatever it is that we can use, right. To counselors, to to address those things so that they can actually be addressed and not uh bypassed <laughs> it's really what you're saying because it you know sometimes people have really dramatic things that they block out and sometimes it's not as dramatic but it's still blocked out and it still acts in their life it plays in their life so i had someone in a group that i was leading in the incubator and she's like no i everything's great in my life sexually i feel really great And then we did this one exercise where we had to find our no in the exercise. And 
she realized in that exercise that she has a lot of trouble saying no because she's uh, a yes uh, person. Mm-hmm. And so that's when she started like cluing in. Oh, like I thought I had good boundaries, but maybe not. You know, and then it's like ding, 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 and then something opens. And they're like, oh, there's layers there. I have to feel and release. You know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yes, it's a very profound mm-hmm. work because it's kind of like when you tap into your sexual energy and whatever's attached to it. It's really this like golden thread that if you follow it. It's actually teaching you self-realization, you know, if you really are attentive to being fully respectful of your energy at the end of the day, like you're going to get gifts, you know, from all this, this awareness, you know, so it really Mm -hmm. is our teacher. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe you can share a bit more on like, see, you lay out a spectrum in your book, which I really loved. And it just, it, it allows for people to see like, at least to start the process of inquiry like where am I on the spectrum and oftentimes too people are new to addressing their sexuality or addressing like even thinking about oh what what's my relationship with my sexuality been right um it's it's pretty common actually with you know adults because we kind of grow up our parents don't really talk to us about it. Um, you know, we're lucky if we get a few weeks of very basic um, abstinence sex ed in school. And then you're <laughs> off on your own in the world, right? And, uh, you know, maybe you're learning from porn, which, you know, there's a diversity of different flavors and, you know, ethics around that. So can you share a little bit more about the spectrum that you... Sure, yes. So. The way I sort of started it was, well, okay, what would it look like? And I was always thinking in terms of the holistic human being, because we're like so many layers that constitute our whole. So I thought to myself, okay, so, you know, at the bottom, bottom of the experience, at the bottom of the barrel, it's basically when sex is in some form of destructive energy, transgression, um, rape, you know, some form of, of something, you know, that where you're, essentially what what it what it is is that your will your free will is not respected it's not even considered and that is so the question at that level is like okay has my free will been respected or not and the free will is when it hasn't been respected it's kind of like your sovereignty really it's your sovereignty that was not respected and so that's when first of all things start unraveling your basic Will is not respected your essence is not respected and so the whole system that you are just shuts down in some ways right yeah so then the second one was okay well how about sex work is sex work traumatizing or is it something that can be helpful and i looked into it and started interviewing different people and it was interesting that there was, you know, some people were like, you know, sex work, it's you know, very empowering. And then there's, and then you also know all these stories of like, oh, how sex work was actually very disempowering too. And so it just became very clear for me that sex work really isn't the sex work itself. It's really whether or not you're coming into the sex work as an empowered person that has boundaries, that knows how to, you know, establish what is what you need and, and, and that you're comfortable in that negotiation of whatever is requested you know and then there's the people that are coming into sex for as disempowered people whatever the background is you know whatever you know lack of scarcity they're experienced and they're in in then sort of you know need kind of space and they can easily get entangled with all kinds of power dynamics and they can really lose a sense of their own physical body and it becomes actually very damaging for those people because basically their bodies are being constantly, you know, you know, there's an exchange for money, but their their bodies are not fully wanting the experience and yet it's happening to them. So there's something in them that gets kind of, there's all kinds of, you know, consequences to this. And they documented, you know, there's like people who will have, PTSD and all kinds of different things or numbness or wanting to take drugs or different things to disassociate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that is one case of the sex work, but in the other spectrum is someone who's 
really well-versed in the arts of sexuality, that has this natural propensity to want to guide other people's energy, that can teach people, that can be extremely healing. Mm. And what does it take for this person to be respectful of the container and how helpful it can be to them and to the partner? Mm-hmm. So it was very clear that it's not the sex work in itself, but it's really how you embody the respect for yourself and where your baseline is. Like, are you coming in already with a sense of self and respect for self? Or are you coming in completely, you know, already with an empty bag and you're just trying to survive, you know? Mm-hmm. So the, the results will be very different. And then the next question was, okay, well, how about with substances? Are we, at what point are we taking substances to connect with another person? And at what point does that disconnect us completely to ourselves? Mm. So I was thinking, you know, let's say the bar scene where everyone's drinking and they might end up in bed with someone, but how connected are they to the experience? Do they actually want to have sex with that person? Do they remember so you just look at the quality of what's going on. Some people feel that, you know, certain levels of, let's say, you know, using some marijuana, I think, can relax them. The question it really is, how much are you de- deferring your power to a substance and how much are you the captain of your ship? Mm. And just that's the, the real question at the core of that chapter is like, are you the captain of your ship or do you defer it and then whatever happens happens to you you know because you kind of it yeah. weakens yourself and your perceptions and your ego kind of guiding you so something else can come in and be like i'm taking over now you know and then you wake up in the morning like what the hell just happened to me like that's not really what i wanted yeah. to be doing and yeah i was accepting it and you know it feels like there's a, a quality like a differentiation between outcome like just that person that you're having sex with could be anybody right? You're just trying to get to an outcome, which sometimes is what people do when they go to the bar looking to hook up. They're like, I don't really care who that person is. I just want to find them attractive and, you know, and whatever, say la vie, right? But, you know, versus like, actually, I met somebody and wow, like we, there can be a a really deep difference between the quality, you know, uh, of connection. That's again, yes, but again, it looks at, okay, so what level you're connected to yourself when this is happening? Are you using the alcohol or drugs, whatever, to kind of numb yourself? Or are you doing this, you know, are you conscious in your body and experiences? And you know what I mean? So it's always that question. So how much are you connected to yourself? How much are you connected to the other person? You know, then the next one was looking into porn and, um, you know, there's a whole array, again, of porn out there, some very connected, some completely disconnected, um, that brings you completely out of your experience. And then there's different reasons why people use it. Some people just want to use it to get a little bit of their energy going. Some people, um, they're, you know, playing video games and jerking off and then watching porn. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like almost like to stimulate, stimulate, but they're completely not connected to themselves you know it's 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 there's a void and like so the real question behind that is are there any unmet needs that you're trying to get met and what are they and are you allowing yourself to be vulnerable enough to actually engage with real life to be able to get those levels of that connection that those feelings right Mm. so and what kind of things are what kind of um places do you do you are you kind of creating false realities that you're putting a lot of like some people they put so much time and energy into watching porn it's like a lot of their sentient life goes into this but it's not a real person or there's you know a lot of like this is something that's happening very like very much today is all the cam girls and everything like that but still at the end of the day it is an entertainment it's not a real connection Um, with a real human so what are they really looking for what is missing in their lives like what what is it that they're like this is going to be a huge conversation to as we enter like the uh popularization of ai porn of um virtual reality of sex robots like 
I know it sounds crazy, but like, you know, we can see where we're, we're headed. Um, yeah, and, it's definitely there. You know, it's like It's, it's going to be way easier some, for some people to have a, you know, a sex robot girlfriend than, you know, actually develop emotional capacity for, you know, because there's more risk, there's more risk involved in intimate connections. I think that this is the piece too, is that there's more risk, right? You have to actually experience potential rejection or learn how to communicate or actually like do something. It takes a certain level of social interactions and capacity to relate and communicate. And I think that's really well put. There is a risk involved. And I think it was the herbivore men in Japan described that really well, where, you know, many men under so much in Japan for finding, you know, you know, to, to succeed in their fine in their in their professional lives, but then to find a wife. And then they have pressure on their them as well. So they kind of like at one point just cut everything out. This is so much easier just to be have this online uh porn to just fulfill oneself that way and give up on all the outside um outside world kind of uh, responsibilities or pressures you know so it's a kind of avoidance so there's an element of avoidance so what is actually the person really experiencing what are they avoiding are they able to yeah just get a little bit more skin in the game what's what's scaring them from getting skin in the game Mm. and that's the whole point around the heart level it's really scary Yes, And so that's the place that one has to learn to be able to open up and connect with. But there's so many layers, like the programming, even if you look at just like at the Jap- Japanese uh, experience, you know, the pressures of society, like the way it's been structured is so much programming how the human being has to be that it's completely made being in a relationship unpleasant. Mm-hmm. So you can see that if you want to get to your sovereignty again, you have to remove all these expectations and, and be able to get to that essence again of what is the simple, what's the simplicity of connecting to self and with another person. And so part of the whole process around sexuality is also unprogramming ourselves of all the things that come from yes. our culture. Yes. Um, our, our meshing in our family and, um, religion because, i mean you name it <laughs> it's it's the, our piece around sexuality is, is so intricately uh, connected to our, our our essence and our becoming and our sovereignty that when these things are burdened with so much programming then we don't feel ourselves so mm-hmm. it's such a beautiful invitation to discover that yeah and i mean you know, also our sexual essence too. It is our creative life force energy. I mean, we can create babies, we can create new life, we can use that energy to create money and and opportunities and ideas and projects and companies and, you know, really manifest in our lives. And what I've noticed is that when people heal the relationship to that untold, like it's like kind of the last place that people go to heal um, because it is, you know, there is a lot of things that might be uncovered, shame, guilt, memories of childhood abuse, um, memories that they they might not be ready to deal with. But the gift is that everything in how we relate to money, to, you know, our embodiment, to being seen in the world, it does shift when we do that healing work around our sexuality. And that's why, you know, I like to say that like masters, like masters are the ones that are you know, able to go there because they are like, okay, I've dealt with this and I've dealt with that. Now I'm like, fearless. When you really take on every aspect of your sexuality, you become this unstoppable force. Yes. And like a lot of the biggest thing that you say is shame that is stopping people from being their true self in the world. So when you really take on shame, you free such a huge thing and a huge weight in your life. So you, after your book was published, did you get the idea to do the incubator? And and maybe you can share a little bit about like what that is and what's come through in bringing people together to talk about the book and concepts and yeah. Yeah, How so yeah that- just to quickly finish the, I won't go into each detail of each spectrum, but just to give a full picture so oh, we yeah. don't stop just on porn. But um, so basically the porn, it, 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 it's also interesting from people that that are, 
working with men, let's say, or women that are have some sort of like relationship of dependency on porn, they say that basically they have to help them reconnect to themselves because the porn brings them a lot out of side themselves mm -hmm. and they have to relearn to connect from the inside with their breath and moving energy. So I just think that's a really nice picture to to just leave. Like again, it's these things that bring us outside of ourselves instead of inside ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, there's the programming levels with the the sort of um the cultural aspects, um like call it decolonizing sex, but then there's also something that's even more subtle, the sexual vampirism, which is just understanding that sex is energy as much as friendship and all kinds of other ways of interacting in the world are energy. And we can be losing our energy and giving out our energy without realizing it or having people almost like parasites taking our energy and living off our energy. And we don't realize it until we wake up and realize, wow, we're, we're just like in this dynamic that is not what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. And then the point really that tips us over from that gray zone to like starting to be an integrative sex is that clear container. Like you know what you're getting in for. And then, then there's like, oh, I can just connect at the physical level. And am I actually an embodied physical being? And then there's the, can I bring play? Can I have flexibility? Am I rigid? Am I able to engage and be in relationship with another person in this playful way? whether it's simple play or more kinky, intense play. Um, and then there's another level of bringing in the heart. You know, can I, am I numbed? Am I full of armoring around my heart? Which I think is a huge one for many people today is how much we protect our hearts because we're all sensitive beings at the deep downside of ourselves. <laughs> and then there's, then you just keep on adding layers like co-creative. Are we able to communicate? Can we speak our truth? Can we build something? Can we can we be in this flow together? And then the next level is cultivating consciously mindfulness, bringing in our capacity for mindfulness into sex. Mm -hmm. And then the, the last one is like, can I actually commit to, to, to this process over longer periods of time? Am I able to invest this kind of resources into knowing myself and the other person I'm interacting with? So that's just to give the big picture. Um, but what I loved is once I kind of finished and I published the book, I realized that, like you say, there's, there's all kinds of practices we can do around sexuality, but there's so much also that people are so just needing also to talk about sex and like, <laughs> the sex yeah. because it's a very black and white kind of usually imagery in their own head. But the more they bring their attention to the different subtle characteristics they learn so much about themselves so when i do the incubator i bring in on one hand all these big themes so we go through all the different themes every week but i allow them to sort of sink their teeth into their own relationship with creativity as well because i mm -hmm. realize that like sex some people can be completely like numbed and stuck with sex and their creativity mm -hmm. as well some people are completely disconnected from their creativity yeah, and to and it brings them into a very vulnerable place, and to share things that you know would open up to become a channel of like something greater. You know, these are things that some people maybe have had experience with, but a lot of people are so disconnected from themselves. And the more I do it, the more I realize, wow, people need to have experiences where they get connected to their essence. Mm -hmm. They get their creative force they get connected to expressing their truths there's so much healing and be able to tell the group this is what i experienced yeah and yeah. everyone listening yeah you know yeah. it's so powerful i just can't and wait to like like schools have this, you know, like I remember being a teenager and like, you have all these questions. You're like, oh my God, like this and that my boyfriend asked me to do this with like all these things. And all the only people that you have to talk with are other clueless teenagers or, you know, young adults. Right. And everyone has, you know, these different understandings. And then and then adults, the only people you have to talk about, I mean, girl, girlfriends talk about this, right? We, we, we talk about this, but you know, it's kind of like the blind leading the blind sometimes, right? Totally, you know, yeah. and those experiences, especially if, you know, you have a bunch of friends that maybe they don't even talk about this because there is shame or, 
you know, you've left religion and now all of your, they're like, who are my friends? I don't have people that I can unpack this stuff with, right? Like that's yeah. what I find is yeah, that. That kind of like education to have the nuances, like be able to read that that energy of like, oh, am I, am I respecting myself or not? You know, I feel like so many women don't realize that how much they're maybe not respecting themselves because there's so much pressure on us, you know, for different things. And even uh, men, you know, like there's, there's so many things everyone's worried about, you know? It's, it's on both sides and Pete, and, you know, I think, yeah. um, you know, just talking about you know, hetero pairings, right? You know, women yeah. are a lot of times mainstream, you know, they're thinking like, oh, I got to be like a porn star and I got to make these certain sounds. And so they're feeling yeah. disconnected from the very presence of being with their partner. And it's the performative pressure for men, you know, like, and that's where I see the the sacred sexuality being so healing, like, you know, the practices, the neo-tantric approaches, um, having the communication skills, having the curiosity to be like, hey, babe, I would love to try this with you. Understanding that you can have, you know, non-expectational intimacy and touch, like all of Yes. Ah, you know. So much it must be creating so much more space for everyone. Yes. I think yes. When you're under the pressure of performance, everything gets reduced. You 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 feel like you have to play a role. But the more there's space, mm-hmm. the more you can breathe, the more you can be with yourself, the more there's possibility, you know? Yes. And I can imagine that through your incubator too, people probably come to a deeper authenticity, which that authenticity and vulnerability leads to better sex. It leads to better sexual interactions. Like it's- You're getting more honest with yourself. Yes. You you almost need to be prompted in different places because some people have habits and it all like, it's like, you know, sometimes um, I go see a cranial sacral uh, massage therapist first. I've been dealing with migraines and things like that. And there's something she discovers in my body and it's like, you know, I have to go for weeks and weeks just to get the, the muscle system to say, oh, I'm safe enough. I can relax, you know, mm. it's like the nervous system. And it just reminds me of, you know, I wouldn't have known that I was carrying this crazy fist in my back for mm. years and years on end because I'm so used to it mm. until she brings my attention to it and allows me to open up and allows me to bring a new possibility in there. And, and suddenly the energy starts moving in. I'm like, whoa, I didn't even know I was, I could access this, you know? And so it's the same thing with sexuality. You know, we don't realize how much we're caring until we take time mm-hmm. to tend to it. Mm-hmm. And it's like this new, um, I think it's a new kind of approach that we need to cultivate is just starting to know how much we are carrying so we can take care of it so we don't have to be carrying it for the rest of our lives you know mm. um, but I just wanted to mention too about students um, I think one of the my favorite my like most exciting moments was I followed a group of students from like grade one to grade eight and I was like their class teacher in the Waldorf system and um, I remember when we started talking sexuality and did my best I could to like, oh. you know, bring in the wonder and the beauty and everything. And then in grade seven and eight, there was like a few boundary crossings happening. And I was like, really like, it really came and like woke up the beast inside of me that was unhealed you know, or unlike processed. And I just like became like the mama bear. And I realized, wow, like any teacher, educator, mother, father, they really want to do good education for their children. They have mm. to take care of themselves because it comes out in the most surprising reactions. And um, the biggest gift, I think, was when somehow my students that had graduated, they were like, when I published, they were about in their 20s, 21. It's like everyone started buying a copy of my book. And I was just like, oh. so excited. Because wow, I'm like they're gonna get access to like all the ways that are painful for sex, but all the ways that also they can cultivate something incredible. Yeah. So they're starting off. They might not understand everything because they they're still just young and they're experiencing their maturity. But they have this baseline of like oh, and then as they go on in life, they can be like, 
oh yeah, let me go read that chapter again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and and this is I want to ask you a personal question. Like, you know, for you, obviously, I'm sure. I mean, we're always discovering new parts of ourselves where we want to create spaciousness in our own intimacy and relating because I think we have the courage to realize that it's a lifelong journey that we continue to show up for, right? Because ultimately that journey is about the the most important relationship that we're ever going to have, which is with ourselves and our bodies in this life. And so continuing to bring curiosity and I'm curious to hear like, what's a moment for you that's maybe been recent in the last year where you created more spaciousness around the relationship to your sexuality and what, what happened? Like what, what was the aha for you that you were like, Whoa, this is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel really blessed because for the past four years, like, you know, sometimes the, the, the most painful things in our life bring us the biggest blessings. And I've been dealing with some pretty severe migraines. Um, they started maybe seven to 10 years ago. Um, and then there were some periods where it was like almost every two weeks. And you know, it was really intense. And um, and I think I'm just a very sensitive human organism. And my nervous system is very sensitive. And all the things I've experienced in my life really, in some ways, created all kinds of protective, protective, you know, cover, like, protective um sort of layers i'm trying to look for the word um and so i started i started at one point because i was getting really good results with the cranial sacral so i just at one point said okay i'm committing to this every week and even if it costs me money i don't care i'm doing it and it's been this biggest gift because as i've been working through my body layers Things are dissolving in my body because it's almost like a work muscle at this very like at the at the nervous system level. Yeah, and it's like my body, my whole body is thawing basically. Mm. And I have I would start getting these jolts of energy coming through my body, and it's been just like since I'm doing it every week, and I and I've had some like big big things. Like I said, I had a fist in my back, for instance, right behind my heart and my lungs. And my diaphragm. So it's like all the breathing system, all the safety place. And when you're not feeling safe, the first thing you stop breathing, you know? So I didn't have a lot of space in there. Everything was like contracted. And so now it's like, she was like, wow, that's a really stubborn, really stubborn, like fist you have in the back there, you know? So we're working on, working on, working on it. And like the, like the energy is like that those knots are like melting Mm -hmm. and now it's like there's like this crazy energy that I I get access to they just which flushes through my body and it's like very powerful so then I've been like you know I'm always curious I'm always trying things and the latest thing I've been very much interested in Nathan Marcuse's work which is the energy ecstatic experience because I feel like that is at the core of what our energy is and our sexual mm-hmm. energy. And when we're blocking ourselves, that's what we're blocking, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, I heard that his, him and his, his partner were coming to town and I had worked with him before, but his partner was coming and she would do Yoni disarmoring, the armoring and Lingam the armoring, the armoring. So I was like, you know what? I really would like to try that. It was like, you know, it was a good $500 experience. <laughs> But it was, she first started with like doing the de-armoring of the heart and then inside the yoni, which is for those who don't know that word, it's it's also the, the vagina. So basically she was putting her fingers inside and asking me if I could feel something. Mm-hmm. And really interesting to notice, wow, like I, I don't feel that sensation. So then she knows how to just use my energy to focus it in that place. So eventually the numbing can just thaw again until the energy can come back. And then at one point, my body just again, it's like there's these waves of energy going through my body. Mm-hmm. And when I would be having sex with a, a, a partner of mine at the time, like literally my whole body was just like having these like waves of spasms, like not spasms, but like, like just jolts of energy coming through. And for me, it's just like, wow, that's what actually, the more we open up our bodies, the more we're just 
channels of this fantastic life force. Yes. I can just come through. And we can also even access, this is one thing I really admire about Nathan, is he also just knows how to let it happen without even anything. He just focuses energy and boom, the energy can move through him. And so it's really fascinating to me to just really tap into our capacity of letting this energy come through and where are we blocking it? So all this work is about just, again, taking away all those places that block this energy because mm. that just means we're not fully allowing for our birthright because this is our birthright. If we're fully open and we feel this energy, that's our birthright, yeah. you know? Yeah. But if we're scared, if we're ashamed or whatever the experiences are that are in our body, mm. those are the things stopping it. So. It was just really exciting for me to see, wow, my body is finally thawing out. Mm. And I just get these like gifts. Even I'm just like, I can wake up in bed alone in my bed and feel these energies like just like me. And it literally feels like almost like menthol, like going through my whole body, but in a nice, like kind of, mm. it's like the exact opposite of a migraine. Like migraines feel like everything's contracting. It, in this pain this is like wow it's expanding it's like just this fabulous like groovy feeling it's not like i'm not like experiencing an orgasm yeah it's just blissful delectable energy you know thank you that's like yeah this is really i feel like too normalizing right we're having a, a raw conversation about you know, and I think that this is also the the misnomer that people have around, you know, people who are studying sexuality or, you know, doing this work like, oh, that person's healed. I am not, you know, and there's kind of like, again, that duality. And it's like, there's always going to be layers that we uncover because, again, we're, you know, growing up in a Western society that, you know, promotes productivity is not very connected to cyclical living that, you know, is, is kind of disconnected from the divine feminine and, and just sexual divine life force energy in general. So I think it's really important that we share being a very intellectual society. We're disconnected from our bodies. Yeah. So I was looking at some videos lately of these beautiful sexy Polynesian dancers that are doing Instagram posts of their dancing of their butt movements and they're just so free in the sacrum area mm. and I was just like in a little workshop I was like okay let's try doing this like even at the taboo show I got everyone to stand up and just try out you know can your sacral and your your um you know your so so as all these areas can they actually move and just becoming aware wow yeah. The way we move our lives, we just tighten everything up and we 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 then it's it's hard to move. Yeah. So just imagine physically it's hard to move, the energy is gonna have hard, is gonna be having trouble moving. Mm. So it's the more we can all open up and get into our bodies and mm. open up, open up the heart, open up the sexuality, open up the energy really of like just letting it move through us, you know. So it, it was really fun. Oh, I'm just, I'm so grateful that there's people out there like you who are, you know, spreading the gospel of the good word, you know, of, of the healing medicine of, of sexuality. Um, it's, so it's really, it's really profound to have these connections of people like you and all the other people that are around the world doing this because it's needed. And the more of us talking and normalizing these kinds of conversations and these ideas, it really does help the next generation. It's helping all of us that never got education, support resources, and then it trickles down into the next generation so that they don't have to go through that disconnection that we've gone through, that they don't have to have, you know, uh, painful sexual experiences, violence, you know, the, the plethora that of experiences that has, you know, been a burden for us as a humanity. So Thank you so much for writing your book and holding your incubators and bringing people together around these conversations that are truly healing. I want to thank you for that. 
Thank you for honoring me that way. <laughs> and so, you know, where can people find out more about the incubators that you run and when's your next one and where can they find your book? Next one we're reading, we actually have our um, a promo on Eventbrite right now. Uh, but I also have my website, so cocreativesex.com. Uh, but uh, basically my next, I love co-creating with different people because every time you co-create with a different person, there's a different energy. So the past one, I co-created with a, a man called Mike Blocker and he has a big heart and he, he brought this kind of heart medicine to the group. And this next one I'm doing, I'm going to be starting in April and I'm going to be doing it with Theta Phoenix, who has an amazing voice and voice activating medicine with music. And um, for me, I really was excited to work with her. So she did the incubator once and I know she's connected to it. And I did her actually whole voice uh, course. And what people don't realize is how much healing comes through speaking one's truth. Mm -hmm. How much power we get through learning to like, activate this whole center of like the throat you know which through singing mm -hmm. and moving the energy because like when you really tap into energy you realize wow all creative forces are supporting this so we we're going to collaborate our next one then so starts at the so it's going to be end of april that we're starting um and um yeah the last event we did that was in person was um a sound bath uh, with a breathwork session that I collaborated with other people. And it was kind of great because some of the people that incubator actually came out to do that. And then there's like another layer of like processing that you can do, but so many people are at different places. You have to get the process just going, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's like you allow people to just enter at their comfort level and then you let them deepen and deepen and deepen. So. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank and thank you. I'd love you to also tell us quickly about your book because I'm super excited. It's just already bestseller. Um, <laughs> you'll just share a little bit about that. I'd love to hear about it. Well, I, I do want to say too that you can find Julie's book on Amazon, I think. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. And the exciting thing that I'm actually excited about the book is also we just made an um, audio book. Right. And the voice narrating it is um, Chaplin. I don't know if you know Chaplin, but she has the most beautiful voice um, and so much inner work as well. So everything is carried by such a high frequency human being. So listening to the book is 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 an amazing experience in itself. Congratulations on that. People can find it on Audible. On Audible. Okay, great. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, I, you know, as someone who just has recently published a book, like, it's kind of like book parents you you get the the journey right and you know <laughs> uh it's you know it's a funny journey it's it's an interesting it's one of the most beautiful experiences you can do is write a book and then like it brings up so much and it's a, a process much like a sexual healing journey it is so unique to the individual and I just saw someone who you know published their book and I'm really stoked for their book but they're like well I didn't listen to what other people shared about like how hard it is and I was like huh, that's funny like I wanted to have an orgasmic birth but I didn't get an orgasmic birth and I tried lord knows I tried right and it's the same thing with a book like everyone's book experience is so different but it is an initiation so I'm really yeah proud of you and I get like the it excavates a lot just sitting down and yeah. committing to it right it was also a four-year process. So there's like the interviews, yeah. how does it all come together? It's walking into the unknown constantly, you know? And I actually had started by thinking I was going to make a fiction book based on real stories. And then I was like, I had spent hours and hours and hours writing this out and I had a coach tell me, Julie, stop that book right away. This <laughs> is a book that's going to be direct about what's actually you want to say, you know? I'm like, oh my God. I just spent hours, like months on this like other script. So you have to like be accepting of what really is asked of you through this. Mm -hmm. just open up to what is wanting to come through. <laughs> Whether that takes <laughs> few months to channel or three years or four years. So yeah, grab a copy of her book. It is phenomenal. Such an interesting read. 
too. Like I actually, I think I finished in like three days or something. Like I just whoop, went right through it. And uh, yeah, that's yeah, binged on it. Always fascinating to me. You know, some people really connect with it really fast. And some people it's like, that's you know, really like they either don't get it or maybe they don't want to get it. <laughs> but they need to I, integrate with it as they go through the book, right? And the chapters. So which is interesting because like some people I think that are into personal development will really like my book, but someone who just wants a quick fix problem thing and don't want to have any self-introspective, you know, that it, it actually can, it actually invites you to look inside. So um, I have a few comments on my Amazon page was like, Oh, I think that person just wanted to skip that, skip that, skip that. And like, you know, blast it, you know, because they just couldn't deal with it. So, <laughs> but I think, you know, people like you, they, and you're not the only one, they, if the people get it, they really see the power of the book, you know? Yeah, it is a profound read. And I'm just so grateful to have you on the show. Julie, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your heart today with all of us. Thank you for receiving me. <sighs> be so well received and feel so honored by you so thank you thanks Julie if you enjoyed today's episode if you got something out of it if what was shared really touched you impacted you transformed you or shocked you we'd love to hear from you feel free to share this episode with your friends and community feel free to leave us a review on Apple or Spotify and let us know what are your thoughts on what we discussed today do you have questions that you'd love to submit to the show you can find more details on that and more at phoenixamara.com podcast and you can submit your own questions to the podcast where i will take these and answer them on air <laughs>